Hi, I'm Chad Emerson, and this is the Downtown Explorer Podcast, the virtual third place where we gather for interesting conversations with downtown innovators and entrepreneurs. Hi, everyone. Chad Emerson. We are back on the DHI Explorer Podcast right here at the worldwide headquarters of DHI, and we have another really innovative entrepreneurial guest with us, Tony Eberhardt. Welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me, Chad. So one of the things I love about um, Huntsville is this the unique uh, type of people you meet. And I'm, the first time I met you, I think it was at a co-working night. Um, tell us, how did you get involved? And you've been such a really pillar of the innovation community. We're going to talk about different... How did you get involved in innovation in Huntsville in the very first place? Yeah, sure. And I would say it probably was at a co-working night. I've met so many of my favorite people here in Huntsville there, so that would make sense. When I think about how I ended up in the innovation ecosystem here in town, I think it probably had to do with my former role at Synapse Wireless over in Cummings Research Park. So I had spent some time during my early career as a civil servant for the federal government and then as a contractor. And I was young and had a lot of energy and thought, I don't know that this is going to be keeping up with me for too much longer and decided I would go and do something completely different because I had a friend who said, I think that you should join my team. And I'm so glad that I did. I spent about a year over there and, you know, whenever there's a robust startup ecosystem and you're working for a startup and things change directions or you're looking for growth quickly, there's enough places that you can fall or bounce to. And this is years ago now. And so our current startup ecosystem was even more uh, immature than what it is today. And I, I started to really think, well, if it doesn't work out here where would I go? And ended up finding a co-working night through LinkedIn at the time and connected with some other people who were like-minded in town and went once kind of uh, on a whim thinking I'll try something new. And at that time, I'd only been here for about three years, didn't know very many people. And I'm so glad that I did because like I said, I met so many wonderful people people who became my favorite people and really kind of drank the Kool-Aid back then. And um, I guess you could say the rest is history. Yeah. Was that one of the, when co-working night was at the uh, ale.com Huntsville Times location? Yeah, it was back then, which seems like so long ago, but I guess it was really only about five or six years. How did you end up in Huntsville? Oh, um, well... It's a very boring story for anybody else. We'll embellish it so it'll sound better on the podcast, okay? (laughs) Yeah, the listeners, many of them will go, yeah, same here. My husband and I are both from South Central Pennsylvania, the Harrisburg area, and um, he came down here for graduate school at UAH. He aspired to work at NASA in propulsion, and I followed him about three years later. So um, that's the boring part of it is for Huntsville anyway. My husband is a rocket scientist. So he moved here because we're a city full of rocket scientists, and I followed a few years few years behind. But rocket scientists are in demand throughout the country. What what caused you all to stick here? I can remember him telling me that it was a really great place to raise a family, and as a then twenty six year old, I didn't really care very much about that. Um, but you know, as we 
decided that we were going to do life together. And I then followed him down here and we got married. And then we had my little boy, my, my oldest son, show up. It became quickly apparent that that observation he had made was really going to add a lot of value to our lives. And we started to have family mover, family members move south and follow us here. So um, I think it was just the quality of life for us that really made us stay. Um, and it just has gotten better since then, too. So I love to think about what downtown was like before I moved here, maybe 12 or 13 years ago when I was still flying back and forth visiting my husband. And it was like tumbleweeds. <laughs> Pretty quiet. <laughs> Thank you, Chad. <laughs> uh, it's been a team effort. Yeah, there's been so many people who have contributed to that transformation, but it really has just continued to get better and better. And I really am so in love with this place, not just for all of the energy and momentum and cool things we see popping up around town, but I've never lived anywhere where there was such a truer sense of community and I will always consider Carlisle, Pennsylvania home because it's where I grew up, but I feel Huntsville and the people here are so much more supportive and open and friendly. And maybe that's somewhat cliche to say about a Southern place, but um, it stands out very uniquely, even across other places I've visited in the South. We're very lucky to live here. Yes, we are. And one of the things we're lucky to have is co-working night. Um, we're going to talk about it's recently kind of post-pandemic come back to life. I want to talk about that. But before, uh, when you found it on LinkedIn and you went there, what appealed to you about co-working night? And maybe kind of talk about if, you, if you're if you a listener, never heard of co-working night. What was it back then? Wow. What was co-working night? Because it's hard to describe, then? isn't it? Yeah. Well, and I have to kind of go back in time a little bit, too. There's a certain kind of person. It's the person who is entrepreneurial, whether they are an active entrepreneur or they're entrepreneurial as an employee that is drawn to like-minded individuals who have a passion for creative thinking and taking what they know about technically, whether that's engineering or design or marketing or art or photography, any technical skill and, and using it collaboratively to create something new and to grow. And when you get many of those people in the same room and you start introducing them to opportunities like learn this new thing or figure this out together over the next hour it adds a layer of networking to an already really energetic, creative, curious group that is just so energizing. I mean, I I felt when I went to my first co-working night that I had never been to anything like that before, that I had really found my people here. And I'll be honest, I did find it difficult to find my people mm. here in Huntsville. It took me about three years, and it was through co-working night that I found them. So um, at that time, it was, you know, very active. We did have different workshops. We call them workshops. Those are the smaller groups within co-working night 
to talk about specific topics, whether that's software engineering or marketing or professional development. So those kinds of things were going on, um, but it it wasn't as I would say formal. It was having having a little bit more of an ad hoc environment to it, um, and so that that part of it really stood out to me as an opportunity to mature and grow and become a platform for some really special things to happen, like new startups, people finding their way in career pathways that they wouldn't have foreseen themselves pursuing before, unlikely friends meeting one another. And I can't tell you how many folks have over the years, maybe not met a co-working night, but have been in that orbit and now have gotten married and had babies. So the community aspect of it has been really special too. What's a couple of, of the workshops that you look back, because um, you, you attended and then you organized that you're like, wow, like that was as good as any TED Talk I've heard. Is there a couple that really stood out to you over the years? I would have to think about that. I always loved the pitch events that we did. It was an opportunity for people to share their ideas. If there are listeners who are tuning in from outside of town, maybe you have an event called One Million Cups, which is a program that the Kauffman Foundation runs, and we've run similar events to that. So it's been people who show up, they have ideas, they want to share them. Some are very prepared. They've given their pitch many times before, and they're looking to connect with investors who may also and have been in the room. Or it's the first time they've talked about it, and they're just wanting to hear from their peers, hey, what do you think? (laughs) And in both instances, we've seen some really terrific outcomes, whether it's they find a co-founder who says, I can help you build that. Or they find the investor who says, I can give you resources to help you grow that. Or they just find a friend to pat them on the back and say, let me save you a lot of trouble. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be okay. Right. (laughs) So one of the things I've really enjoyed about Coworking Night is it has a tech focus, but it also isn't exclusively tech. It feels like it embraces larger innovative topics. Is that intentional? I think so. Yeah. And again, it's been a while since we've had this here in town. And one of the aspects of co-working night that we were very intentional about that is probably why that has stood out to you is ensuring our creative community was included. We do reach out to artists here in town. We reach out to designers here in town and we really encourage them to get involved because the folks who have a more engineering or software minded skill set or outlook really benefit from collaborating with those folks who are really good at maybe literally sometimes and maybe figuratively sometimes throw a whole bunch of color and paint on things. So we do like to stimulate those kinds of collisions because we feel like the outcomes are, are higher quality and more likely to be something that is disruptive um, or maybe has a higher likelihood to succeed because it has a more diverse team from the get-go looking at how it could grow or how it could launch. So a lot of times you hear the word collision and it's in a destructive (laughs) rather than productive (laughs) context. So when you talk about collisions being a good thing, kind of walk us through, what do you mean by that? Yeah. um, So I... 
I love to help collisions happen. So I'm a collider. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love what to. Is that, what's that place in like France, the CERN? You're, you're the Hadron Collider. You're just so. throwing a bunch of people together and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. And you're waving your hand around in a circle. So maybe <laughs> I'm also part tornado too. I'm not really sure. But what I love to do is help people meet one another um, and stimulate quick outcomes. So meeting new people, I'm so extroverted. Like I could walk up to anybody on the street and just strike up a conversation and feel very energized for that. And um, being able to do that, get to know someone and in the environment that Urban Engine creates, they're there to talk about their ideas. They're there. They're coming ready to talk about the idea they have that fills them with motivation and inspiration. So they're all ready to give you the good stuff. And then you can meet someone else who is willing to do that same thing. And all you really need to do is say, hey, this person is so passionate about food and they've been working in the food industry for five years, but they're really ready to shake things up and they need your help, Ms. Software Engineer, to build something that could serve as a platform for that to happen. And oh, by the way, you're both dog people. So you could start there if you want. Um, Those are the kinds of collisions that we really like to set up for success. And I think that that's how we've seen just those little efforts have really led to a really special community growing here in town. You know, I think if you're ever looking for a major life change, you could be a heck of a cruise director. Oh, boy. I've never even been on a cruise. because <laughs> I mean, they got to make all these people come together and have a great time. It sounds like you're the cruise director for co-working. Then. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. I'll have to go on a cruise first and then get back to you. Yeah, I think you will probably not get off that ship without thinking, that's a great job. Okay. <laughs> so, co-working Nike is back. Yeah. It's been back for a few months, but uh, we're taping this podcast uh, late in May, but this will be dropping in June. And uh, we have a panel coming up, the Future of Huntsville panel. Yeah, we do. And you helped organize that. I'm excited to moderate it. Um, Tell us about the um, re-institution of Coworking Night and what your kind of vision is for the Future of Huntsville conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to do that. So, um, you know, Urban Engine is the nonprofit organization that runs Coworking Night. And um, in addition to co-working night, there are several other kinds of programs that we run, like hackathons. Uh, we had a podcast for a brief time. We run a speaker series event. There's business plan competitions, co-working night, of course. All of these things are in-person events. And so the last two years haven't necessarily been conducive to hosting big events where people are gliding. So we took a little bit of a hiatus. And once things started to open back up, we rolled up our sleeves and said, we've got to get back to business. We've got to, we've got to start with the thing that people miss the most and get co-working night going again. So um, we now have co-working night at the downtown Innovate Huntsville space. It's every other Wednesday. And you don't need to RSVP. It's below the former, below the radar. That's for right. Context, right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Below where below the radar used to be. Um, and you just walk down the steps. You don't need to RSVP. You can just show up. That's always been our motto. Just show up. And um, you will find that there will be a schedule of workshops like the ones that we 
you know, talked about earlier on the podcast and on June 15th for the event that you will be moderating. Thank you so much, Chad. You always do an awesome job with that. We'd love to have you there. Um, there will be a panel of speakers who will be talking about the future of Huntsville, which I am so excited for. Give us a little preview of those speakers or what are some topics might come up. Yeah, so uh, Wesley Crunkleton, Lucia Cape, Michelle Jordan, and I think we have one more, Dennis Manston from the city. Yeah, and then, of course, you're going to be moderating. And I think that what we're going to hear from our panelists is some, I hope, really keen insights into the changes that we can expect to see related to economic development, our startup ecosystem, um, maybe just some trends that they forecast, and, you know, where there's going to be opportunities to plug in. And I'm just so excited about that event, because their perspective is so valuable. And we have historically captured a younger group of folks, um, you know, anywhere from students in high school and college all the way through senior level, but mostly I would say like mid-career and younger. And so that's a really exciting opportunity for that group of people to learn and hear from leaders who are in positions to share things that they maybe otherwise wouldn't hear. Yeah, I'm really going to encourage the panel to not reminisce much. Let's let's look forward. Yeah. Right? Because it seems like um, the future is bright. Speaking of the future, um, Urban Engine just named a new is it executive director. Yeah. Tell us about what Urban Engine is and who the new leader is. Sure. So Urban Engine is the nonprofit organization that runs Coworking Night. And as I mentioned, we also facilitate hackathons here in town. And really, our mission is to support the launch and growth of startups in Huntsville, provide workforce support where needed so that those startups have the people on their teams that they need to succeed. And also, as we meet people who are looking for a change, that they're plugged in with other career opportunities too. We're a a community building organization as well. And um, we're really looking forward to the future of Urban Engine under Lacey Reinald's leadership. Lacey is an entrepreneur. She is someone who has served many nonprofits and various leadership roles in the past from starting one to serving on boards. She's got a lot of energy. She is dedicated to equity and inclusion. So that's that value has always been very close and central to Urban Engine and and who we are. Um, and, And Lacey is so ready to just carry us forward into the future. So it should be really, really fun to watch her do her thing. And I'm very excited to support her and whatever she needs along the way. If you want to find out more about co-working or Urban Engine, where can you find that on the World Wide Web? UrbanEngine.org. You got a good URL. Yeah. (laughs) Straightforward. So these days, what are you doing, Tony? I work for Booz Allen Hamilton as an associate. And I am currently full-time on NASA's International Space Apps Challenge. So this is something new that I've started to do over the last year, but it's not new in that Urban Engine had previously served as the host location for 
Space Apps Huntsville when it was the main stage in 2018 and 2019. So I met the team there when I was at Urban Engine and we ran it here in town. And after about a two-year stint over at Mazda Toyota Manufacturing, my boss at Booz Allen said, hey, we're thinking about introducing some pathways for our hackathon projects to turn into businesses or plug the project owners into some professional development, career enrichment opportunities. What do you think about helping us figure that out? And I was like, excuse me. Yeah, I'll be right there. (laughs) Where do you need me to show up? (laughs) Well, and what's really cool and interesting is that, you know, here's Booz Allen, one of this, some of across the world offices, some of the best class A, most beautiful office space all across the world. And you all selected a hundred-year-old renovated stove factory <laughs> for your space in Huntsville. And it seems like while we have great uh, spaces in CRP, you're starting to see a lot of these companies, not just the startups, but established companies like Deloitte and you all, I think the neighbors there, right? Picking unique places like Stovehouse or Low Mill or Campus 805 or Downtown Core. Tell us, what's it like? for that space? And how does that help the workforce recruitment and retention? Sure. Um, You know, I think that in in my experience, in my, you know, many years, many year at Booz Allen, um, I've observed that their commitment to innovation, inclusion, diversity is not just lip service. I've observed that they very much put those values first. And that's why it makes all the sense in the world to me that they would do something innovative, like move into stove house, which, you know, previously was a a factory, right. Mm -hmm. And it's now been converted into this beautiful office space, uh, a commerce location where people are listening to music and eating. And when you go into that space, what you find is, engineers and creative professionals who are making and improving and and innovating and meeting. And um, to me, that is one of the things that as someone who would describe herself as entrepreneurial and innovative, very motivating. And it makes me feel like I have landed in a place that just makes a whole lot of sense. Even though if we were having this conversation five years ago in full transparency. I And if you told me I was going to wind up at Booz Allen, I would have said, get the heck out of here. Um, but really, it is such a cool place to be. There are so many opportunities to be entrepreneurial, to be creative, to collide with others. And it really doesn't hurt that their spaces for working are also beautiful, conducive to collaboration and they really do draw you there to feel like the values that they have as a part of who they are as a company are happening within a space that looks like it. Yeah. And you mentioned Wesley on the panel. They're doing a great job at Lincoln Mill, which always had a lot of kind of innovative centric companies, but they're realizing that you add in the Asian fusion barbecue with it. And the coffee and Leotoya, and all of a sudden it creates a, a fuller experience, and people want to work for these companies that it's not just drive, park, go in, go home, right? That's right. All right. Well, I think y'all got some really cool offices. Yeah, we sure yeah. do. <laughs> uh, 
I like our office, but that's that's pretty cool when you walk out there and get a little bark and barrel and uh, things like that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, th- this has been a great conversation. Um, we're going to now transition to a part of our pod where it's called the Favorite Five. All right. We ask five questions designed to learn a little bit about the personality behind the person. Designed to be one-word answers. You can elaborate if you really need to. You ready for Tony Eberhardt's Favorite Five? Born ready. Born cruise director. She was like, <laughs> going to be on the Disney, doing the Disney dream. That's all. Sing Moana together. <laughs> all right. Um, number one, Phillies or Pirates? Phillies. I wasn't sure what Harrisburg was. Is that a Pittsburgh city? Or oh, my husband would have said Pirates. A house divided. <laughs> all right. Apple or Android? Oh, ah, God. I, we always get one of them to be like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have an apple. It wasn't my choice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story there. You were forced into an apple product? Was this they were buy one, get one. My husband wanted to do the iPhone thing. I followed along, and now here we are. You know, There's really no going back. Going but back I, to 1B, uh, penguins or flyers? Um... Neither. I don't care. You don't care. <laughs> Pennsylvania hockey teams do not interest you. <laughs> okay, well, that's why I didn't ask it. I should have not asked it. All right, you're going to a concert uh, after work with your whole crew from uh, Booz Allen. Are y'all going to a listening lounge or an outdoor concert? Mm, with that crew, probably outdoor. Okay. You're going out to eat at lunch. I'm not going to ask specific places. Are y'all getting barbecue, Mediterranean, or Mexican food? For lunch? For lunch, Mediterranean. All right. I love Fresco Grill. <laughs> yeah, it's good. I'm, I'm jealous that you're just down the hall from that. So, um, And I think I... Oh, just... Now I've lost track because I asked... How many B. questions? We had a I'm, 1B, I so... Messed I messed it up. So this is number four. <laughs> okay. Craft coffee trail, craft cocktail trail, or craft beer trail with your friend group? Craft beer. All right. And last but not least, you're going to go... With the fam, on a vacation, out of town, relaxing from all this innovation. Are you going on a beach trip or a mountain cabin trip? Mountain cabin lately, yeah. Excellent choice, excellent choice. Well, that is Tony Eberhardt's favorite five. That wasn't too bad, was it? It was great. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for all that you and your colleagues, especially you, do for the innovation community here. We're excited about uh, co-working night being back in downtown Huntsville below the former below the radar. Uh, again, if people want to find out more about co-working, Urban Engine, where can they find it on social media and the World Wide Web? UrbanEngine.org and across social media, Urban Engine. Great. Well, thanks for joining us, Tony. And we will talk to everyone next time on the Downtown Explorer podcast.